Thanks for tuning in to your day off podcast, hosted by your boys, Corey and Tony. I think by the end of today, I might have another best friend. They're committed to making you fall in love with the hair industry, one podcast at a time. Uh, you're going to grab a lot of information. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot. Presented by Hair Industry and powered by Schedulicity. Without further ado, should we do? Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your day off podcast will begin after a word from our sponsors. What if payment looked this good? And your tips looked even better. Better yet, what if you could do it all by phone? Norm, payment by text for small businesses. Barbers, stylists, massage therapists, facialists, you name it. Available now for everyone on Schedulicity. Norm, the modern way to pay. Of course, we're sitting with my best friend, Tony. What's up, buddy? What's happening, brother? Man, you know, we we talk about this a lot on the podcast, like just sometimes how long it takes to like meet up with the people that you admire in the industry. Oh, definitely. And today uh, we've been trying to do this live, but, you know, we've been kind of in this thing for the last couple of years that kind of blocked us. Uh But yeah, so we like, all right, we'll just have to do it over Zoom. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's some people that 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 you know that the energy is going to be better when you're live and across the table from each other. And 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 we just we we thought that we could do it live with these guys because you know they're pretty dope. Um, and we were supposed to do a podcast um in Barbican, New York, but unfortunately, Barbican, New York, you know, it got it got what did you what what did uh what do you say um it got postponed right like there was no cancellations last year just postponed yeah. for the next three years or something yeah. crazy yeah until um, next year until next year exactly but we um, didn't want to wait a whole year to get these guys on no, so. no no there's no way they're up to too much stuff and by next year we'll have another podcast with them talking about the other stuff that they're already up to at, at that point yeah i can't wait to really get into the story because they're yeah. doing a lot of good things for the industry and uh i mean and, and they're a bunch of good guys too there's no doubt. And um, so real quick, we're, we're talking to a city image barbershop. They have a bunch of locations in northern New Jersey. We're going to have three uh, fellows on the uh, on the podcast. I think it's, is this the first time we've done a five by it's the first time we've done a five by podcast, but uh, we're going to have Joe. We're going to have his brother, Jeff and Isaac. I'm sure Isaac's like a distant cousin or something um, to them. But uh, but we're going to have those three guys on. They're going to tell us what they're up to and and, and how they're business is different than a lot of um a lot of uh businesses out there yeah how do they how do they figure it out how do they come up with it and you know and, and they're growing and uh and you know it's, it's nice to see good things happen to good people you know what i mean so uh let's get into that so they can share and uh maybe help another good person doing a something good <laughs> let's do it should we get in yeah so uh jj and i <laughs> from City Image Barbershop. Hey, man, uh, welcome to the podcast. What's up, fellas? Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. So, so obviously, we know how two of you guys met because you're brothers. But how did how did how did you connect with Isaac? Go ahead, Joe. So uh, Isaac was actually the second barber hired uh, by Jeff when he first. So Jeff first opened a business at 19 years old in 2009, and. Uh, it was a small barbershop and uh, Isaac was a second barber hired. He was kind of like a part-time barber while he was going to college. Mm-hmm. They're actually only about 
nine days apart in age. Oh, wow. So, uh, but yeah, you know, I, over, over the years, of course, Isaac became, he's like another brother to us. You know, we're not really, you know, we always, we're, we're, it's three of us. And it's not just two of us. So, um, but you know, just growing through the years and, and none of, none of this would have been able to happen without either one of us, you know, obviously Jeff starting it is the reason why this can all, why we can be sitting here today talking about it. Mm-hmm. Then obviously, you know, bringing me on board and bringing Isaac on board and forming this trio of, of, uh, ownership of course and then of course we have some other partners that our barbers have became partners after years but um yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't be able to happen if we didn't have the three the three of us doing it together that's amazing. so were you the first barber hired joe no i'm not even a barber joe, a yeah. oh. no, <laughs> what? not even Dude. a barber all right all right so no. so back in 2009 was it was it was it was it city image barber shop at that point no it was actually we we uh, opened it up and we named it City Looks. We changed the name about what five years ago. Four? In 2018, we changed the name. Yeah, we 2018 we uh, we did the change, you know, the switch. Why why'd you change it? Uh, we we felt like it was more of a brandable name than City Looks. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, we it was tough because we still wanted to keep our image the same, the logo and everything. So like. It was very hard to switch the looks to another name and then to make it so like we didn't want to shock everybody, you know? Right. So we came up with image and it worked out. Oh, thank God. Yep. And they kind of go together, looks, image. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. So it's, it's a nice transition. But in 2009, when you opened up your first shop, did you have this big dream that you wanted to have multiple shops or grow it into this uh, big brand? Um. Yeah, because I didn't think it was gonna we were gonna do it this fast. Um, not that it was fast, but like eleven years, 10, 11 years in business, ten locations. But like, it, I had you know everything I want to do, I want to, I want to hit it hard. So like, I know I wasn't gonna stop at one, but I didn't know it was gonna be ten and hopefully you know more. So, but yeah, I mean, once once actually once my brother came on, that's when we started saying like, let's open more, you know. Because it's, it's difficult. It's difficult with, you know, just cutting behind the chair all those hours and not having someone like my brother on the back end doing all this stuff. You know, my brother was working at a bank at a time. And, you know, when we opened up the second, even the first location, I was like, hey, can you call PSNG real quick and set this up? Or can you call the cable company or while I was cutting hair? And, you know, he, he had, he was a, it was an easy job for him at the bank. So he had that time. And, right, right. right. I knew like if we were going to open up a second location, there's no way, no way I was able to do it by myself and cut hair. And again, yeah. that was, that's my bread. That was my bread and butter, you know, cutting hair. I needed to cut to keep the lights on. So, yeah. I mean, that's so much the story in the industry, right? I mean, it's like, you know, you're just, you're, 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 you're dying behind the chair. They're just, you know, doing, doing what you do, what you can do, like you said, to keep the lights on. So, you know, to even to kind of have the, the, the vision of having two or more than that is crazy. So what, what's kind of the, uh, what's the city image story? Like we, we mentioned that you guys are in Northern New Jersey, like how many barbershops do you have? And, 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 you know, what's the story of how you kind of got there? Yeah. So we currently have 10 locations, uh, I like how he said currently because number eleven and the next nine are definitely on the uh, <laughs> we don't know. We in a city so. near you, in a city near you. Yeah, we got something cooking. We hope <laughs> we, we hope so, but we currently are at ten, and uh, you know it started like you said with Jeff, nineteen years old, 
starting his starting this barbershop, you know, having hopes of expanding, of course, but not really knowing what we were doing at that point. And even though I was a branch manager at a, at a bank, I did have some business experience, but like what experience did I really have in small business, you know, corporate business is a lot different than small business. And, uh, you know, so it's actually, once we opened our second, our second location took five years to open. It's not like we expanded quickly, you know, it, so we opened our first 2009, our second was 2013. And that's when the fun really began and not in a good way. You know, that's when you really get a shock of like, whoa, like, you know, this is not easy. Right. And so you see so much success in location number one and you're like, yes, you know, we could do this. We could replicate it. And it's 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 not easy. And uh, we had a lot of struggles for a couple of years, uh, get going through managers, going through barbers, you know, people stealing people on drugs. It's just everything that any barbershop owner currently goes through, you know, or has got, we went through, you know, and uh, it's, it even got to the point at one point, we actually put the business up for sale, not, not the business, sorry, that location uh, for a little bit. I think it was probably like a month that we put it up for sale. And then we took it down. Then we kind of, we kind of came to our senses, right? (laughs) We're better than that. Well, it was, it was tough, you know, because I was at the bank and even though it was kind of, you know, an easier job because I'm buying a desk. I was a branch manager. So I had my own stresses. Right. And then he was so busy where he was at. And finally it got to the point where we were like, okay, if we're going to really keep this open, we have to send a star there. Right. And at the time, Isaac was uh, now, we're, now we're 2015 and Jeff expanded his location, uh, little falls, the first location uh-huh. to be double the size This beautiful shop. And compared to the original one, that was just three chairs. Right. And, uh, you know, everything was doing really well. I think he had like six barbers there at that point at the time already. And, you know, we were just like, if we're going to make this continue to work, well, Isaac's actually the one that wanted to step up and say, send me over there. And once he went over there, I would say within a year, the numbers tripled and everything everything became uh, just everything started from there, honestly. And Isaac, why don't you talk about what you what you did? and how you set that up to be able for that to happen in such a short period of time. Right. So I think the large part of it was just opportunity meets preparation. Just the right point in my life where I started taking myself seriously. And they gave me the platform to prove myself, which is any, anything anyone can ask for is an opportunity, right? So like we mentioned vision before, I think vision is the easiest part because anyone can visualize it, right? But like the execution is the hardest part. And then the consistency of that execution is the even harder part. You know, Ray Crotch has a quote that says that there's never been a million dollar idea. There's only been million dollar effort. And I think that that's kind of what you're talking about. I I agree with that tenfold. So I like, I came in at like 19 with Jeff. And what I learned from Jeff at a very young age, Jeff had tremendous work ethic. I'm talking about 12 hours a day, nonstop, like never gets tired. Like he still can do things that no one else can do on a consistent basis. It's tremendous. So I take that. And Joe over here, attention to detail, very meticulous, picks up on things, very good. So you combine these two things and you learn from each other and you put that forward, right? And I applied that to Oradell while learning small business tactics and all things like that. And then it just takes care of itself. Just putting love and respect into it, respecting the clients, respecting your staff will go a long way. 
Isaac, so did when you initially when you went over there though, did you kind of go over there to smash heads? Did you kind of go over there to like to like uh, shake the tree a little bit and 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 where the leaves fall, they fall? Or or were you just going to go there as an example of like, listen, I've got this hard work, I'm I'm learning these business skills, and like, were you the more there? So when you first first went there, was it more of like to be there as a mentor, or was it there to kind of like shake the tree a little bit? It was there to shake the tree. I mean, I wanted to apply the things I learned and see if I can actually do them, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to see if I could apply them. I could retain them. Can I apply them? <clears throat> so I really wanted to really get that experience under my belt and to see if I can, you are who you, like, you are what you do, not what you say you're going to do, right? So I wanted right. to see if I could be who I was going to say I was going to be. You and are what you them. did. <laughs> right, exactly. So when you were guys were going, within one year, you, you tripled the numbers. When you guys were like, as you guys met on a, I don't know if you guys met monthly, quarterly, or whatever. Where you're like, man, this is unbelievable. Like sometimes daily, not no, no, no. that's yeah. daily, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hour by hour via text. Still, still to this day, daily. You know. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, but so definitely. You, yeah, so you knew you were onto something. Like something's like something's changing. You know, and obviously it's Isaac, but but did. Did it's like, you know, this is how we're going to end up growing whatever he's doing or whatever we're doing as a team. This is like, this is it. Yeah. So what he just said was that he learned those things from us, but then we definitely learned from him because now you have a perspective of a former employee who understands what it is to be an employee, right? Like I understood what it was to be an employee working in corporate, right? Which is a lot different. Jeff, really didn't understand what it was to be an employee because he worked at a barbershop for about eight months before he opened his own. And that barbershop was totally the opposite of what we are. Kind of just come in, do your own thing. Like, yeah, you know, uh, cut whoever comes in the I door. Remember, I remember my, the manager uh, at the time, I, I was what? I was 18, right? 18. I was 18. I was showing up before him. And I remember him telling me one time, he was like, dude, why don't you not be so responsible? Like I need to, I, I like to be by myself for the first half hour. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, what? Yeah. I just couldn't like wrap that around my head. I'm like, this guy's telling his employee that comes in a half hour, his shift. Okay. Mm-hmm. To come in late. Like I, it was just like, and then when I, when I heard that, I was like, I can't learn from this guy. Right. You know, Don't get me wrong. I've learned other things as far as cutting wise and stuff like that. And he taught me what not to do. So I'm grateful for that. You know what I'm saying? So I would never tell my employee coming in that comes in a half hour early, hey, come in late or why come in on time? No. Like, why would you, you, instead of looking at me and saying, you know what, maybe I can grow with this guy, you know, but I'm grateful he did that because who knows where I would be right now if he did it the other way, you know? So I'm grateful that it went the other route. So then with Isaac, we, we learned, we learned a little more empathy, right? like how to be empathetic to uh, employees' feelings and what they're really thinking and all that stuff, right? And that's something that was hard for us to really, I mean, I think I could have, I empathized on the form of like employee-wise, Jeff would empathize in the form of barber because he's a barber cutting in a chair. But just in general, on on an employee's standpoint, like it's hard to really empathize, especially when you've been, you know, in management or in ownership for so long, it's kind of difficult for you to really, so that's what Isaac brought, you know, besides his management skills and that he developed and all that stuff. It's just kind of seeing the perspective of the employee, you know, from someone who's in a position of, of leadership 
is very difficult for most people to do. Um, and that's what I think was a big key of what we learned from Isaac, honestly. That's awesome. So, so he kicked ass and like turned, uh, turned location two around. Now, how do you, now, if you want to grow now, you almost have to clone Isaacs in a way, right? Like you have to like, like meaning like you can't, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to assume. And, and like, if, if, if I'm totally off base, please correct me, but I'm going to assume when you open the second location, it was kind of like, it, it was just, you, you assume that it was just going to take care of itself. Right. And like, and Jeff obviously couldn't be there full time. So how do you replicate an Isaacs that where you, now you have like a team player, you have somebody on your team management team in each location. How are you able to replicate that? And is that part of your, is that part of your, 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 your business plan or business, whatever. Now, how we, I think I could speak for this, but now that we've been through it all, I think our interview process is a lot more in depth. So we like to hire the person, not so much on how good of a haircutter they are. Right. So Isaac, you know, what this, what the secret is between us three is honestly is loyalty. And that's something you, you really can't teach. You know, Isaac had that loyalty towards us because we had the loyalty towards him when he was an employee, you know? So now that when we go by hiring, we see what kind of person they are. And you could get, you could kind of find out what kind of person you are with Joey's interviews. Joey, three Joey hours. likes to interview people for three hours. It's two hours. Dude, I'm not even joking. Like, <laughs> I would just like, I'm, I'm like quick break. I would look at the camera and like, see, oh, what's going on. And I, he'll be like interview at 10 o'clock and I'll look at again at like two just to see what's going on. This <laughs> <is> <laughs> I swear, I swear to God, oh, that's, he digs in. He digs that's a four-hour interview. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> He's done it. You get right. him talking, and you know what? Those interviews, I'm actually happy that he has those interviews because the people that we've hired that ha- went through those interviews are the ones that actually worked out really well for us. So I'm happy he kind of like you know got to know. Them. Well, there's no other way anymore. You know, like that's my that's our process. You know, I'm going to interview someone for. About an hour and a half to two hours. So whoever, whoever whoever's listening to this and goes and interviews with City Image, cancel your whole day. <laughs> <laughs> because drink water, we'll have lunch, we'll have dinner, you know. Hey Joe, do you have like a protein bars they can snack on in the middle of the yeah. interview? Uh, hey, we do actually. We have coffee machines. We have every, we have coffee. We have espresso. We have espresso to keep have, them awake. Yeah, anything they want. Bathroom they breaks, have. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, if the interview goes longer, your chances are better to, to land a spot, right? A thousand percent. Uh, it's funny because our office used to be in the back of one of our locations in Caldwell, and you know, uh, that's where my office was, you know, I say my office, that's where I was, but it was all of our office. Right. Cause I'm right. When not cutting, they come as well. And the barbers would know, depending on how long my interview was, if this was someone that I was probably going to hire or someone that's not going to make it. And <laughs> it's funny, the shortest one in the shortest one in the last probably two to three years was like a five minute interview. And that was just me being nice. <laughs> um, and I'm not even gonna get into details to why, but no, 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 no. You're definitely getting into details why. So what did you? What did you? No, 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 no. I mean, we don't have to name the person, right? But no, but no. What, what happened in the first couple minutes where you're like, this isn't this isn't city image? Uh, well, first of all, when the person walked in, instead of giving me a handshake, he dabbed me up, um, as if I was his boy forever. I never met this person. 
right. uh, wearing great where it was wearing sweatpants, um, which I don't I don't think that anybody has to wear a suit and tie to come to our interviews. I think you should be yourself. Mm-hmm. But sweatpants means a little bit too like it's too comfortable for me. Um, when well, I was in that first people. first barber shop with, <laughs> with yeah. Jeff boy. Yeah. And, and then on top of that, uh, you know, when you your first thing is how much how much do I get paid? And when I said it's commission based, you know, they when they respond to so how much do I have to give you? You know, I already know at that point that that's someone that's not that doesn't right. get our system, doesn't understand the value of city image, and. You know, we put in so much work and dedication and time into our brand, not only in the last 12 years, but just currently still continue to. And if someone doesn't see that value, you know, or at least and they're not going to see it right away, of course, but at least has an idea of like that value then and and is only looking for um, how much am I going to get paid? That's someone that I know we're going to have trouble with for a while. Also, you know, let me touch on that. Like when you go to an interview, you know, listeners uh, right now that are listening, when you go to an interview with a company please do your research on them yeah don't go in there not knowing a thing about the company show that you want to even if you're in the parking lot and you do a quick three minute search know something about us you know because we you know we will ask you like oh so what do you know about city image and when they're like uh i don't know that's not typically a good sign you know we want to know what's our brand what we're about and stuff like that because it's going to help them understand us more during the interview and that's and that's not an ego thing. That's just like if you had if you didn't prepare. So like for example, like I I interviewed someone I don't know probably six months ago. That when I told them that we had ten locations, it they, started they, six months ago. It ended five months ago. He just he just finished. I just yeah. Right before, right before that, this is the reason why he got out because we had the podcast. Got a boy. He's loosening up. That's it. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, so I <laughs> This would have been great live. Um <laughs> uh, but yeah, so when you don't when you think that we only have one location and we have 10, right? Okay. It's not an ego thing at that point. It's like all you did was send out applications to 30 different places and you're you're just waiting for one of them to call you. You know, you're not really saying I'm applying to City Image because I really like what they're doing and I want I want to be part of that. What I will say is in the last, you know, in the last month and a half to two months, we've interviewed probably, I would say in the 20 range, 20, about 20 people, 15, 20 people. And I have heard from a good, a good portion of them that they just want to be a part of something bigger. Uh, and that's what they, they want to find a home and they want to be part of something bigger. And that's what we really are looking for right now at City Image. Barbers and that really want to be part of something bigger. That's all. Yeah, you guys definitely have a buzz about you guys wanna, right now. Yeah, and I want to. I'm gonna. I want to kind of like. I want to focus in here a little bit. Now, you know, Tony and I were we're we're hairstylists, so we've never worked in a barber shop. But what are some of the challenges, generally speaking, in the barber world that City Image and and how is City Image um, rectifying um, the issues that you see within the industry? Fair question. Yes. Fair question. Who wants to answer? Go ahead, Me? Yeah. You? Uh, I would say mentality yeah to the barbers i would say some barbers like you know what is the saying going? well i think it's i think it's it starts with bad owners create bad barbers which create more bad owners yeah and that's the problem 
Yeah. You okay, know. But, but more than that, I mean, specifically, like, like, what are you like? If I'm applying at City Image, how is City Image different than than than, than other barbershops in the space? Okay. Okay. Let me let me, okay. let me say. This. So, I'm gonna bring it back a little bit, and then I'll circle back to the question sure. exactly. So, what we feel like is the industry itself got left behind professionally at some point, probably around the time where barbershops got outdated or combined with salons in like the seventies and stuff like that, that led to the, the industry not progressing professionally as the salons did, right? Because they had to scale back, be more localized and never grew to that extent. And they became super localized and haircuts started becoming more in. And while the demand grew, the professionalism of the industry and what was expected of the industry was behind. So what does that mean? That means um, future growth, healthcare, all this kind of stuff was left behind, which kept the expectation of the barber low, which kept the mentality low, which kept it flatlining and never able to grow, right? So right. what we wanted to do is we wanted to make it a career again. We want career barbers. We want to give that respect, future planning, 401k, healthcare, all this kind of stuff where like you shouldn't leave the industry. This industry has so much to offer. You can, you can, you can flourish in this industry. It is a career that can provide for your family and for like your future. And it should be, dealt with and treated with that respect. And that's what like our goal is personally. All right. And on top of that, you know, some, some barbers, you know, uh, cynical barbers, right. And it's not, it's not in a bad way. It's, it's understanding that that's what they're used to. Right. So when you're, when you're a product of your environment, what you're used to, that's, you're going to be your mentality, right. It's unless you do something to change it uh, or to change your mentality. Right. So uh, your, your typical barber will say to yourself, oh, okay, yeah, great. Free healthcare, you know, commission, 401k, all that stuff. Yeah. But that means you're either A, not making enough money or B, uh, you're, you're cutting shitty hair. Sorry. I, can I curse? On this? Yeah. yeah. So what, it's all, all right. you, bro. Yeah. So you're cutting, you know, shitty hair and you're, you're not a good barber, right? Well, I mean, our barbers money-wise, they do very, very well. Um, the work-life balance is. Yeah. We just started actually. So they do 40 hours a week no matter what, but we just started in three locations and we're going to start implementing another two starting in March, four day work weeks. So the four days working three days off. And now imagine working four days, 40 hours and still making a very good, living. a very, very good living uh, to where some, in some instances, close to six figures, honestly, uh, and then get free healthcare and paid sick time. Bro. vacation time. And let me and let me explain because the industry is so work intensive, right? Especially barbering one after another, very work intensive that we we discovered through trials and tribulations that you have to it has to it's a marathon, you know? You have to have for longevity, you can't burn yourself out. So that's why we're trying these 40-day work weeks and these four-day things to like really maximize so people can't have it as a career, a long-term right. thing. You know, not five years and they're burnt out and they want to try something else. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you're preaching to the choir because Tony and I, for the last 22 years, literally, we started in 2000. We've been doing a four week, a four day work week. And it's like, I mean, listen, this has only been the last couple of years, but without a four day work week, there's no way we can do the podcast. Right. You know, without the four day work week, there's no way that we can travel the way that we do without a four day work week. You know, it, it is such a benefit. And it's, it's physically. Actually, yeah. 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 And, and it's kind of weird. I mean, listen, we do 12 hour days, right. When we work. So we do, we do, we do four 12 hour days, but, but, but it's, um, 
when it comes to, when you're ready to go back to work, you're like ready to go back to work. You know, right. like at the end of a vacation, you're kind of like, okay, I'm kind of ready to go back to work now. It kind of feels like that every weekend. And again, and, and it's been that way for 20 years. I remember kind of like when I was working five days a week in a row, like it was like, you just weren't ready. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, I got to go to work tomorrow. I've, I haven't felt that way in a long, long time about, oh, I got to go to work tomorrow. Because the three days is like, okay, now I'm ready. As long as they're back to back, right? As long as it's three days back to back. Um, I, I feel that way. There was a time where I had two days off and then one day in the middle of the week. And yeah, that sucked. <laughs> but um, so why do, you, why do you say that? Why do you say that? Why, it, it, did, it didn't bother me. I, I, I did the same thing <clears throat> before I had three days in, off in a row. And I, I kind of liked it actually because you know I got to work two days and I get another day off and then I got to work two days. It oh, felt like, yeah, I kind of liked it. I, I was just gonna say I think it depends on the person, you know. So what we're getting so far from the three locations that are on four day work weeks, you know, uh, there's some people that if they do have the three days in a row, they're like I love it, and then there's others that are like, no, I would hate three days in a row. I'd like that I have two days. So I think it depends on the person. Yeah, but fair. the fact of the matter is the fact that there's three days off in general in an industry that, you know, you see all these memes mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, all the memes are always talking about how much barbers and, and, and stylists work and because you have to in order to make a good living. It's like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, I, when I coach barbers and and they talk about how they have to give, if you know, they try commission, they have to give their barbers 70 or 80 percent. And I said, well, at that point, that's not commission anymore. That's chair rent. And you're just it's, it's just it's just glorified chair rent. Right. And on top of that, you can't do payroll at that point because payroll taxes are at least 15 percent. Right. On top of everything. So now you're you're you have you have no you're losing money at that point. Right. And they are. And that's why they're like they have to speak to me. And that's why they're about to call it quits and just start their own studio and not worry about employees. And it's like, stop focusing so much on the percentage that you're giving the barbers and focus more about getting their seats filled while also giving them work-life balance, right? Because here's the thing. Yeah, if someone's only bringing in a thousand a week, of course, only 50% is not going to be enough. That's $500, you know, in this day and age, five, that's not even minimum wage in New Jersey, you right. know, if you're not including tips, of course, you know, but uh, now if they're cutting, you know, 1800 a week, 2000 a week, and then 50% of that, that's a thousand dollars plus their tips. Now- now you can do enough to be able to continue to grow your business and obviously pull a profit. And why can't you? You're an owner. You went into business to make a profit, not to just not to just lose money, right? So obviously right. that's the reason why you took the chances and all that. So I think that's what I always try and tell the barbers that I coach. It's like, let's not focus so much on the percentage you're giving to barbers and let's focus more on how busy they are. You know, like, because if they're only cutting eight people a day, of course they're going to want more percentage because they're not busy enough, you know? So what are you doing to get them busier? And then to also touch on what you said, what do they get at City Image? Well, growth and growth comes in different forms for certain people, right? So what we don't want is people thinking that, oh, only go to City Image if you want to be an owner one day or only go to City Image if you want to get better at haircutting. No, I want growth. Whatever growth means for you, I want us to be the answer for that, right? So if growth means you're an apprentice and you need to get better at haircutting, we're there. We're doing, we're, we're going to help you. We even pay our apprentices. Okay. Like it's like most, most shops is like, no, you're an apprentice. you got to watch, you got to sweep, you got to do all that. Yeah, they stuff. say we pay you with and knowledge. Exactly. No, like, <laughs> no, you're going to pay with knowledge. Go to the grocery store with knowledge. Yeah, right. Exactly. So imagine starting in an industry nice and fresh and obviously school most of the times is not really reassuring, right? Cause school right. is kind of drag for most, most people. Right. And then you get out of school and now you go work in a shop and you're not getting paid. It's like, is this really the industry for me? You know, but now if you get out of the shop, you're getting paid and you're learning. And of course, 
you have to be getting better and learning and actually applying the stuff. So that might be growth for one person. Growth for the next person is maybe they're already cutting hair, but they just want to get better. You know, and they know that with us, they'll be able to be we're going to give them a lot of reps and we're going to give them more education. Then growth for someone else might be management training. Growth for someone else would be ownership eventually. Growth for someone else education. is being part of education. Like they want to be an educator. Right. So like our most recent educational classes that we have every month, we've been having some of our barbers teach the classes as opposed to like Jeff or Isaac or one of our other partners. You know, it's like, no, let's get these barbers involved who are really good at haircutting and want to, and want to pursue education. Uh, another form of growth could be social media and our social media. Obviously, we take it very, very seriously. So there's people who want to be in front of the camera. There's people who want to learn social media and they're learning a lot from us on like how we post, you know, what we do to post. And so uh, some people, you know, eventually fashion, you know, if you're into fashion, you're a barber. Well, we want to eventually we're going to, we want to have a line of clothing, right. That suits the barber suits the clients. And like, if you want to be a part of that, then that's another Avenue that we can take um, comp- competing. You know, we're going to start once the show start up again, we're, um, you know, Isaac's talked about forming a, a competition team, you know, and if that's something that really suits you, then there you go. So there's all different facets of the industry of like what growth is and success is for each individual barber. Right. And we want to make sure we facilitate that as best as we can. So I've that's never heard of anything like this in, in a, in a barber, in the barbershop. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys are taking it, you're elevating the industry huge. I mean, you're We're taking it to the next level. Yeah. There's right. no doubt. Well, that's our goal. Well, well, you're being, you're, you're successful. I have a couple questions. Um, just general questions about business. Um, you know, one of the big things that we've heard over the last couple of years and, and is, do you guys take credit cards in the barbershop? Yes. Okay. And then on that, are you taking tips on the credit card? Correct. Okay. Cause have you guys like looked into tippy or anything like that? It's just, so tippy, it's just, I, I actually forget even kind of how they work, but it's just like, it's an outside uh, thing that does the tips for your, for your uh, barbers, because as we know, as business owners, we have to pay taxes on, on all those tips, you know? So like, if you get a $10 tip, it's, it's like costing the, uh, the business like 15% in payroll tax, you know? And yeah, like yeah. when I started to, I have a buddy of mine and um, uh, Brian Nuna, she's been on the podcast a couple of times. He had $105,000 per year in just credit card fees for just tips. Right. So he was, he was shelling out 105 grand per year in, in the, in the, in the, well, that must also mean that he's grossing a, a good amount of money as well. Oh, right? no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, he's got a great business. Don't right. get me wrong. You know, he has like 40 or 50 operators, but that's, I mean, it's still money, right? I mean, right. it's still, it's still money that he's that what uh, the only point that I'm getting at is, is, is that that's a benefit that, that the operators don't necessarily see. They just think that, you know, that 10 bucks is theirs. But yeah. What he's saying is that you're paying all that taxes on a tip that you're not getting anything up. You know what I mean? So you're paying 15% on that, on that $10 tip. Yeah. And the credit card fee on top of that. And the credit card fee, and you're not getting any of that. Yeah. So the way we see that is, uh, it's a part of doing business. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a part of doing business. Right. And it's like, when you become a business owner, uh, and I'm not saying it's something that should be that way. I wish they would change the law and say, you know what, you don't have to pay payroll tax on tips. You know, you know, you know, the restaurant businesses do that. Well, they add the service charge to the bill. Well, no, 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 no. The restaurant business, there was a bill that was in it. And we're going back to like 2003 or something. There was a bill that passed Congress that, that, that um, removed the restaurant from paying um, payroll taxes on that tip. Oh, I didn't know that. Is that still, is that still, 
in effect. Yeah, I, th- I think I have that right. Just definitely do your research. But but that's what the PBA, the uh, Professional Beauty Association, they've been trying to push that and, and get us in that same um and to that, get that us in that same loophole. That would be, awesome. that would be beautiful because that would eliminate. So so obviously our goal is always to have the best possible experience for the customer, right? So now, what is the best possible experience? The best possible experience is everything integrated as best as as, as well as you can, right? So now. It's we make it virtually so easy for our clients to swipe the card and add the tip, boom, just like anywhere else, right? Mm-hmm. Just like a restaurant, just and that in turn turns into better tips for our employees, which in turn turns into a better experience for them as well, right? So yeah, does it does it suck? Of course it does. You know who who wants to pay fifteen percent payroll tax on something you're not even seeing a, a dime of, right? Of right. course, you know, but. Um, so yeah, if they change that law for us, that, that'd be great. But as of right now, you know, we see it as more of like, okay, it's a price of being in business Mm -hmm. and let's figure out ways to increase revenue. You know, a lot of people like to, when they're, when they're having trouble, they like to cut, 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 cut costs. Right. And of course, are there costs that I'm sure that we can really kind of cut little things that we don't really need to be doing? Yeah. Right. Anybody could. But in the grand scheme of things, how much really? If you start to focus too much on cutting costs instead of increasing revenue, that's when your business starts to go down more like than up. Sale. You know, it's like I'm always about like, no, listen, I'm not gonna cut, I'm not gonna take this away from the barbers. I'm gonna figure out how to still afford that and increase the revenue to where I could give them that plus that, you know? It's, and that's how we've been able it's to it's like going to a restaurant that you've been going to for a very long time and having great portions, and then all of a sudden you go to that restaurant. They give you little portions and then the price is higher. Eventually right. you're like, what the hell? Like, right. I'm yeah, you bought a bag of Doritos lately? Because Doritos does that shit all the time. Yeah. They put more air in it. Guys, every time he has a joke, he's going to soup him up. <laughs> every time there's a joke, Isaac's going to soup him up. And Joe's going to laugh. Yeah, and I'm just gonna <laughs> it's our way. Um, that's yeah, funny. That's, that's, that's honestly what that's honestly what we try to do is is you know focus on if we really want to implement something to figure out kind of how we can increase and the secret is it's it's not even a secret honestly it's just making sure that you're doing enough to where enough clients are walking in the door and trusting barbers that you just hire that nobody knows from Adam right sit in their chair and get a haircut and it's not even walking in sorry i should say just going online and booking you know it's just so it's it's and, and that's when, when I speak to other barbers around the country and I see what, you know, obviously they, they tell me what their, what their numbers are. And I keep it always confidential. Of course, you know, I think about it and I'm like, Oh my God, you know, it's like, this is why you're having an issue. You know, like you need to figure out how to get busier, you know, because there is so much room, even us, you know, we're, we're busy, but I'm, there's still room for a little more if we wanted to, you know, and, and it'll get there, you know, as soon as this whole COVID thing's completely done. But it's like, focus on that more than focusing on, oh, my barbers don't care. And they're, you know, they're, they don't appreciate what we give them. Well, what are you really giving them if you're not, if you're not busy enough? Oh, they need to figure out how to be busier. Okay, here we go. We I go back. We go, is the chef have to figure out how to make the restaurant busy? You know, like, no, the restaurant has to be busy based on, yes, of course, the chef play a role. If the food is good, yeah, the restaurant's good. It. Yes. But then it's not the chef's prop. If, if the front, if the front of the house is, is treating everybody like garbage. It doesn't matter how good your food is. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so it's all falls on the owners 
and management to make sure that everyone's retaining their clients and doing the right thing. So what strategies do you have to fill a book? Uh, I didn't mean to stump you. No, do you have a joke about this? Yeah. <laughs> it's on, no, it's honestly. No, it's honestly. It's honestly, it's honestly what it is, is it's, I feel like it's, it's so simple yet so difficult, right? It's like just consistency. That's it. It goes back to fundamentals. That's it. A lot of people like to think outside the box, reinvent the wheel, which is cool and all, but like fundamentals, basics. That's what, that's what the key is. Go back to your basics. And, and, and the foundation of that, I think is what we talked about before is respect, right? There's so many barbershops and so many chairs. When a client walks in the door and sits in your chair, give them that respect that they chose that. You know, give them a good consultation. Take time. Don't take too much time because you want to respect their time as well. Like little things like this that once applied consistently will, will, will tremendously increase your business. How about this? A simple hi. <laughs> when they walk in. Not when they walk in and nobody acknowledges that. Have a that. great day. Like, Have a good day. Hi, how are you? You know, like, listen, everybody has bad days. I understand that, but... <laughs> Um, I believe, I strongly believe in never bring home to work and work home. You know, if you're having a bad day at home and you got to fight with a girl or your, your kids or whatever the hell it is, never bring it into the work field because one is going to, it's going to bring that energy to your employees, your coworkers, mm-hmm. and then you're going to draw that energy to the client. And now let's say that client had a bad day. Now you just got two people with a bad day and it just draws that, that you feel that energy. Right. So you got to leave that outside of work. When you step into side work, you got to put on the show because technically that's what we are. We're performing. Yep. We're performing in front of an audience yeah. and your client is your audience and you want them to keep buying your show. You want them to keep booking your show. Right. So you got to not saying be fake, but you got to be respectful. You got to give them because they're paying for it. So you got to give them their, your time, yeah. not being on the phone while you're, you know, while you're cutting their hair or even a simple, um, the eye, the ear pod or whatever the hell it's give called, the you know, you give them the attention that they want because they're paying the money. And nowadays, haircut prices are going up, which is a good thing. You know, yeah. that's another thing what he was touching on before, elevating the the industries. You know, when you go into a salon, okay, they charge a lot of higher prices for a men's haircut, right? When you go to a barbershop, why is it low? Because- didn't, Joe, didn't you post something about that the other day, that 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 the uh, the price of a haircut hasn't gone up in X amount of years? Yeah, yeah. and I think that it's, I think a big portion, that's why I got, like scolded from everyone about it, which I really don't care, but is chair rental. You know, it, 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 think about it. Chair rental, essentially you're your own boss, right? That's what barbers like to say, you know, I'm my own boss. You know, I just rent a chair. Okay, great. You rent a chair, but are you ready to be your own boss? Okay. You're your own boss. How are you going to get clients in the door now? Go ahead. How are you getting clients? To I don't know. What do you mean? You don't know. If you're your own boss, you should know that. What are you doing to figure that out then? You know, so and that's what happens is they just think that they're going to miraculously gain clients because their haircut is really good. If you go to any inner city, the haircut prices are low and the haircuts are really, really good. Why is that? You know, it's because everything else is lacking. Everything else is lacking, you know, and that's why chair rental is not the secret or is not the recipe for success for this industry. You need people to hold your employees account. You need people to hold you accountable. I, I just want to add on to that for one second. Yeah, yeah go um, ahead. What, what we're trying to provide at City Image and what we're trying to show everyone is that 
being a business owner is great. Renting a chair is an option, all this stuff. But we just want you to have another option as well. There should be a place where you can get health care. You don't have to be your own boss. You have work-life balance. We're not saying that it's this or nothing. We just want the, the door to be open that this should also be another option available in the industry. Be entrepreneur, get a studio, work for someone or work for someone that you have health care and stuff like that. That should just be available. Let me, touch, are, on, let um, me touch base on real yeah. quick of the haircut prices as well, because I don't think you really touched on that. Um, the reason why I feel that haircut prices haven't gotten up as quick as they should is because the barbers have to raise their expectations themselves as a barber. They have to be more professional. They have to do a better service. They have to end that with themselves. So they figure, I feel like they figure like, all right, if I charge $25 or whatever it is, I can stay at where I am with my service. But now if I charge $40, I got to step my game up. And I don't think I have the consistency to do that because then I will really lose my clients. So that's why I feel like why the, the um, prices haven't gone up in the industry as fast as they should have. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't want to step themselves up. That's, that's why I'm, I, yeah, that's fair. I th- and I think that that's across the entire industry. I think that that, you know, you can, you can open up Instagram every single day and someone will talk about, you know, raising prices, um, uh, you know, whether it's a meme or whether it's a post or whether, but, but what you said is exactly right. I mean, why, why people are intimidated to do that is that they don't think that they're worth that. And, and, and their, their, their feeling about not being worth that is because it's for a lot of them, they just haven't put the effort in to, to garner that. Right. And they also haven't had leadership to show them the way. Why? Because it goes back to what I said. They start off in a shop, a chair rental at a young age, and they're just thrown in. They're not, they don't have, they very rarely do they have the right mentorship and and guidance to show them the right way. And this is what, and this is why, right. It's the opposite. Actually, they, like we said before, bad barbershop owners create bad barber, create bad employees who then become bad barbershop owners. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. it's not like Jeff who unfortunately had a bad experience and turned it, into the opposite, you know, and said, no, I'm going to do the opposite. Most people are kind of a, 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 pro- are a product of what it's they're It's always easy to do the bad thing. Right. It's always easy. That's the easiest route, right? When right. you want to eat, it's always easier to eat unhealthy, right? When you want to do anything, always the bad route. So right. always do the opposite. All right. <laughs> Dude, I have so many questions about your business. Like, how are you offering? And let me, let me, I want to be a hundred percent clear. So are you offering a hundred percent healthcare to your, to your employees or, or is it a copay kind of thing? Uh, no. So uh, it's a, it's a company called redirect health. Um, my uh, it all started because, you know, obviously during COVID we, uh, we were closed for three and a half months, but instead of sitting home, the three of us, because we all had COVID uh, early on, we went to the office starting April 1st up until we opened up again, June 22nd. We went to the office five days a week, you know, instead of seven days, we went five days a week, every, you know, every day and strategized the business. How can we make this better? How can we make that better? How can we change the industry? And that's when, that's when like the barber guru started because it used to just be my name, you know, and on and, and you know, Joe Agnello live or whatever. And I was coaching barbers here and there, but we we're like, you know, we need to really make an impact in the industry. So we started, you know, we changed the name into the Barber Guru just to be more marketable. We started putting out more content. And then within our own company, we were like, how can we, how can we really start? So that's when we started the process of like thinking about how we can offer healthcare, right? So, and my cousin in uh, Arizona, he, uh, he has a successful company, and, but he's a small business. Mm-hmm. And, he, and I knew that he offered his employees free healthcare and 
all this stuff. And I'm like, how, you know, I, so I asked him, I said, how'd you do it? And he gave me the name of the company. He said, it's great. What's your name uh, again? It's called redirect health. So what it is, is it, it, the owner, Dave Berg, who started it, he did it to challenge the, to challenge the healthcare, uh, health insurance industry, because it's, it's an industry, it's a multi-billion dollar industry, right? That is kind of has, yeah. has capitalized on making a ton of money when they really don't, you know, they don't do enough. Right. And they overcharge and it's all. And so he has like, it, it's not needed. You don't need these big insurance companies, right. In order to do these things. So the way it works for him is he keeps it at a lower, he, they keep it at a lower price, more affordable for the employer. And now what it is, is it starts with virtual, of course. Right. So that's, what, so obviously there's other companies that do like virtual doctors right and they're super cheap and i'm not even going to name the names of them but it's like all right what about when you need to see a doctor though you know like because not everything is virtual right oh well then you're on your own well no wonder it's cheap then and the last <laughs> thing i wanted the last thing we wanted to do is offer something to our employees that they can't yeah. that they can't use like that's just that's like creating incentives that they can never reach like that's just right. kind of productive at that point right imagine us talking about free healthcare, free healthcare. And it's like a, a company that's, it's a company that's like $30 a month and they got to just do a FaceTime call with them. And then, Hey, if you can't figure it out, you're stuck Someone from like, you know? India. Yeah. So, uh, so we're, we're gonna, you know, <laughs> so we're, so this redirect health, these last, so it starts with it starts with a virtual call, right? And what they are is essentially they're you look at them as like they're they're your right hand to health. That's how they like to operate. They're your concierge service, right? For you. So you start with making a phone call and saying, Hey, I'm not feeling well. A doctor will contact you back. If the doctor can't pinpoint what it is, right? Then they will then they will say, Okay, you need to go see your primary doctor now. That's what we love is there's no in-network out of network. You can go to any doctor, right? So you can go to your primary doctor. Uh, and they actually love it because they get paid immediately, right? The doctor gets paid immediately. So who wouldn't love that, right? If you're a doctor, you know, with the insurance companies, you got to wait two months to get paid. This is like, no, redirect will call and they'll ask you, oh, so when can you go to the doctor? Oh, I can go anytime after three. Okay. They get the phone number of the doctor. They call them up. We have Mr. Joseph Agnello needs to come in for a checkup. He's, like feeling, this, he's feeling this thing. What time do you have after 3 p.m.? Oh, we have a 4.30 available. All right, sounds good. What is the price of the visit going to be? Blah, blah, blah. Sounds good. They contact me back, go there at 4.30. I go there. They send me a link to pay with. As soon as my, as soon as my doctor's appointment's over, I go to the reception desk. They take the, they take the it's, like a, it's like a credit card number, right? And they get paid instantly. Now, I am sure there is some sort of, I don't know how they do business, so I'm not even going to get into that. But right. there's definitely, there's definitely, the doctors love it because they get paid immediately. Uh, even with a prescription, if you go to one of the pharmacies that they deal with, and you, and there's tons of them in everyone's area, mm -hmm. you will pay instead of paying a copay for your prescription, right? You will, they will find you the cheapest. So, for example, amoxicillin. Amoxicillin is the easiest. It's like a you know, it's like an um, antibiotic, right? Usually that's like 15, 20 bucks, right? Even if you don't have insurance, it's like cheap, right? They will get it to you for like $3.50. Oh, wow. You know, they'll find the cheapest insurance. So, and, and that's that's what it comes down to is they're your right hand when it comes to, and, and so much more. They'll keep a whole log of everything that, you've, that you're going through uh, and they'll, they'll update you on, on times that you should go back to the doctor and stuff. So anyway, 
They've made it so that it's real easy. It's their customer service is great and it's affordable for businesses, right? Uh, and then on top of that, we added the vision and 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 dental, dental from Emeritus. Uh, so yeah, we give our employees yeah. everyday healthcare free uh, plus vision and dental. Uh, the barbers love it because it's actually, they get one free chiropractor visit per month. What? On, with this, yeah. So they're they getting can, cracked like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey Joe, how is um how is um how is schedulicity changed your business? Schedulicity, uh, so coming from a different company, which I'm not going to name, schedulicity was uh schedulicity filled the void of everything that we had with that other company, uh, which was mostly customer service based. Uh, their customer service was really really bad, and schedulicities was. So great you know it's you know you know joe on that note schedulicity jacked me up a little bit because whenever i call anybody's customer service that's yeah. my expectation yep exactly you're you're 100 because, right. because i know it can be done right but nobody cares nobody and, and, and so during covid right during the quarantine is when we were looking to change and you know we 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 spoke to a couple different companies and then it was lee at barbershop connect who you know, we have a really good relationship with mm-hmm. that was like, you know, you should try out Schedulicity. Uh, they're a good company, you know. So when I sat down and met with them um, and then I talked to Jerry and Michael, of course, and then the whole team, it was just like, wow, this is they get it. You know, this is how we like to run our company when it comes to how much they care and all that stuff. And uh, it's it was like a to, to us, it was like a, a no brainer to, to go with Schedulicity at that point. Um, is it, is it your ideal, uh, app for barbering? You know, was it ideal for us to go to the schedule as opposed to, you know, one of the other companies that, that focus a little bit more on barbering? Probably not. It was definitely, it was definitely, but again, look at how we run our business. I just said, we hire the person, not the barber. Well, mm-hmm. even with, with our scheduling app, you know, we didn't go for the one that all the barbers go with and, and it's cool to have that app. It's like, no, we went with a company that we knew was going to get the job done, was going to do it well, was going to be great customer service. And we feel good using it, you know, and being a part of that team. And, you know, and, 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 and uh, the cheapest credit card fees that, that I've ever seen, certainly. Yeah, you know? no, they do a good job, especially with their whole norm system. And, and it's it really, for those that are using it, it's really, uh, I, I know it's definitely changed, changed their business around. So, so what, what does the future look like for you guys? So, I mean, we are, we're continuing to grow, of course. And what we didn't talk about is how some of our, some of our barbers became partners with us, grew to become partners with us in certain locations. So that was another part of growth, you know, uh, and we'll continue to definitely grow our barbers to become managers and partners with us. And, and that'll help us to continue to grow our, our shops. Uh, and besides this barber shops, it's just continuing to elevate the industry. That is a big focus of ours, a huge, huge focus. As much as people might not realize it or think that we're just doing it as a money grab or no, I, I so think, funny how a lot of people think I, yeah, I think that honestly, I don't want, the barber industry to be a stigma anymore. And if I can do, if we can do anything to fix that. And I think we're definitely touching a lot of people and changing a lot of people's mentality on how they think of the industry and how they go about things. Uh, but there's definitely a long ways to go. You know, even when I tell people, I always say this, you know, we're, we're, we don't just like, if someone says, Oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, you know, I'm a barbershop owner. It's always like, Oh, that's cute. Like they don't say it like that, but it's like, kind of like, yeah. Oh, nice. You know? And, yeah. But then when they kind of like 
start you know, cause I never say, Oh, I own, we own 10 locations. You know, it's always gets to that point. Oh, where are you located? Oh, we have a few. Oh yeah. Where? Oh, well, all over North Jersey. Oh yeah. How many? 10. Then it's like, then the respect comes in and it's like, why? Yeah. Why do I have to be respected only because I own 10 locations? I should be respected the fact that I'm a business owner in general. Cause it's so difficult to be a business owner, you know, but then you have a, a someone who owns a small restaurant who might be failing and sinking money every single week. He walks into the room and everyone will, will be super respectful of that person and praise that person. Not that this is an ego thing. It's more of a, it shows you what the industry is. Even if you look at salon to barbering, right? If you say you own a salon, you're even held at a higher, at a higher level, you know, than you are as a barbershop owner. And that's because of all the years that barbering has taken, has taken a hit and, and, and gone down with professionalism. It's like when people go to barbershops, and they see how these other barbershops are run. That's why it's like, that's what they think of with a barbershop. You know, right. they don't think of city image. They think of ABC barbershop who you walk in and, you know, who's drinking, who's smoking, who's, who's, who's got their client waiting a half hour. And they're not even there because they're they're They went to go drop off their laundry or they're out to lunch or whatever the case is like, that's what they're that's using. Jeff's boss told him to come in a half hour later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, exactly. Hey, hey, Jeff, I'm going to hold you, man. I want that hat. How can I get a hat? You want this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you have it? Do you have, do you have it? Is it, is it white on black or do you have black on black? We have, it's, this is this actually is like, gray. That's like a Heather gray. Oh, is it a gray? A Heather yeah. gray. That's what it's called. It's like a tweed Heather gray. I love that. I love that hat, bro. I definitely yeah. want one of those. Heather's pretty hot, right? Hey, boys, we got to jump off here, but I want to, um, I want to, Joe, we talked a little bit about it off air. Like, I, I definitely want to bring you guys back on to do like, we do these 20 and 30 minute segments. Um, and we just, it, all the BS is gone. All the fluff is gone. It'll be a question like, whatever it is, like, like, how do you build your, your, your teammates or something? And then just go and just break that out for like 20 minutes and uh, do a few episodes like that. We would love to do um we would love to kind of got, bring you guys yeah, back just, and just and just really poke in on what your business knowledge is and, quick questions to elevate the barber or elevate a salon owner or a barber owner you know what i mean a barbershop owner it's just it's just nuts and bolts forget all about you know because now our audience know you guys right so now we just want to talk about the subject yeah, sounds great, great. Sure. Sounds can, I just, great. can i just have a closing note real quick close it I think the important thing to remember for anyone who's watching and wants to grow is that the equation is put together in pieces. So we didn't figure it out and we still don't have it figured out and we constantly make mistakes. And the important thing is to embrace the mistakes and, and, and almost want to make the mistakes and to learn from them and have a team that you can bounce off of. That's going to take those punches with you. See, that's one thing people always want to hear how do we become successful or, or how we get to where we are now, but nobody ever wants to hear what are the struggles we had. And if you hear the struggles that we had, you're going to learn from those and you're not going to apply those because you're going to know, Hey, it didn't work out for these guys. Let's try something else. There is no success without the struggle. Exactly. Yep. There's and also owner that didn't go through a, a, a tough time. And, 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 and you guys, you guys rent out Isaac, right? So, <laughs> so you guys send him to new uh, other barbershops <laughs> for hire for rent. It's, it's going to be on Isaac Netflix. Coming through. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys. Thank you so much for hanging out. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on and, uh, and, and uh, chatting us up today. And, uh, you know, guys, just uh, thank you very much for joining us on your day off. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care. 
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, share it with friends. Give us a rating and drop a review. To listen to all the latest podcasts, please subscribe from your favorite podcast outlet. And to stay connected on and off the show, you can follow us at Hairdistry on Instagram and all other social media platforms. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Peace and love.